Well, this morning I want to talk to you about something that I think is one of the most valuable things that we have as Christians is realizing this. I told you, I don't remember when I was spoke last, but whenever it was, that I asked Keith one time, um, was it possible to love one part of the Godhead more than the other? Y'all remember me telling you that? And uh, he said, no, but you could know one part more than the other, you know. And so I want to talk to you about um, the spirit this morning, but I want to do it in a different manner. How many of you have ever gotten, let's see how we can do this, uh, a new pet, okay, or a new plant? If you didn't get a new pet, you got a new plant. And maybe you didn't really know how to take care of it. Or a new swimming pool or anything. Anything that's new that you didn't really know how to take care of it. And you kind of had to read the instructions or you had kind of had to get a manual and learn how to take care of it. Or you had to find out how you're supposed to take care of this thing. Right? Or what about a new baby? You didn't even know have a clue how to take care of that thing, right? You had to find out how to take care of it. Because you don't just know how to take care of something automatically. I mean, it's not just something that you just are born with knowing how to take care of everything. And so what happens is you have to grow into learning how to take care of things. And the more you do it, the more you know how to take care of something. So this morning, what I wanted to talk to us about is man, spirit, soul, and body. Because we are a man or a woman. And we are a spirit, we have a soul, and we live in a body. Brother Hagen used to say it this way. You are sitting there in this body that you live in, and you're looking at me from your spirit on the inside through these window things you call eyes. And if you were to die, all that would need to happen is you would be like, you would take your hand out of a glove because your spirit is alive and that glove would just fall to the ground because your spirit is inside that glove and that glove is not alive. Your body is that glove. It's not alive. Your spirit is what's alive. Your body is just the house that your spirit lives in. Does that make sense to you? And without your body, your spirit wouldn't be able to be here. You need this body to be here on this earth. To go like that. And when you can't do like that anymore, guess what happens? You're out of here. And you go see Jesus real quickly. And that's going to be a glorious day for you. But until then, you're alive in this body. And you're looking at us through those nice green or blue or whatever, black or brown or tan or whatever color your eyes are, you know. And you're looking at us. And so what we want to talk about is the difference between the three. So that we're real clear about how we're supposed to take care of the three different parts of our spirit, our soul, and our body. Because you know what? You don't take care of... um, an African violet like you do a palm tree. Do you know that? And you don't take care of a zebra like you do a puppy dog. Right? Or a cow like you do a a kitty cat. They don't eat the same thing. They don't need the same nourishment. 
And you don't take care of the baby like you do your husband. They might eat a little bit different. Right? Their appetites are a little bit different, right? Yeah, my niece, when she was adopted, and because she was adopted from out of state, they couldn't take her immediately out of state, and so we had to keep her with us, my husband and I, for, you know, I think it was a month. And um, uh, the way the thing was, we took her home from the hospital and stuff, and we used to call her Little Miss Half Ounce because that's all she would drink, and she'd fall asleep. And so, but Keith never drank only a half an ounce that I recall. So there's different things that people need to take care of themselves. So what I want to talk, start talking to us about this morning, and we'll see how far we get on it, is the spirit man. Now, we pretty much, in some ways, know how to take care of this body. We've learned a few things about taking care of this body. Because it's going to scream if it doesn't get what it wants. It's going to say, feed me, feed me, feed me, feed me. It's going to say, I need sleep, or it's going to go to sleep. It'll eventually just pass out. But so many people get born again, and they really don't know what to do. They don't know how to feed their spirit. They don't know what to do with the new birth and the new creation that they've become. They don't know what to do with this new person on the inside of them because they've lived the other way for so long. They grew up knowing how to feed their flesh, but they never learned how to take care of their spirit. And so they become a new creation, and they're like, okay, what do I do? Nothing is changing. Everything seems to still be exactly the same as it was the day before because my body is still the same. My soul is still the same. What is going on? Why don't I, why isn't everything just changing overnight? Well, because there's things that you have to do to precipitate these changes, to make everything change in your life. And it's not just going to fall on you like water. There's things that you have to do. So let's look at a couple of things that we have to do. Jude 20. I think most of us know it. It's only one chapter, Jude 20. But let's turn there and look at it. Man's spirit deals with, can anybody guess? The spiritual realm. That's what man's spirit deals with. His spirit deals with talking to God, fellowshipping with God, Hearing from God, the spiritual realm, things that are spiritual. Man's body deals with what? This physical realm. If I hit you, are you going to feel it? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You're going to feel it. If I punch you, you're going to feel it? Yeah. If I slap her, she's going to feel it? Yeah. Your body deals with this physical realm. So you know what it deals with. The spiritual deals with the spiritual realm. You know when you pray, you're talking to God. Then the soul deals with the mental realm, your thoughts, thinking processes. But today we're just going to deal with most likely the spiritual realm, the spirit. So at Jude 20, you found it yet? It says, But beloved, building up yourself on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit or Holy Ghost. That is one of the greatest ways 
of turning your life completely around in the spiritual realm. That is the way that you go from being a half-ounce baby to being able to eat a steak. Do you understand that? That's the difference that will build you up is how much time you begin to start spending praying in the Spirit. If you start out praying in the Spirit five minutes a day, you're going to find that you're going to be able to deal with things and not be so carnal as you were. If, if you, Like you go through a day and it just seems like everything irritates you. And you get real irritated real easy. Well, you know that your levels are off. It's like you've got a, a scale and you've prayed and you've only prayed five minutes. Well, everything throughout the day is going to tip that scale because you've only prayed in the Spirit five minutes. You're going to get real snappy and real crabby and real ill real easy. Well, if you pray more in the Spirit, things are not going to irritate you quite as much. They're still going to be there, but they're just not going to bother you as much as they did before. Because th there's going to be a greater one on the inside of you that's just going to be like the umpire. And it's just going to bring that peace level up just a little bit more every time a situation arises. And that's why we become more spiritual people when we pray in the Spirit. That's why when somebody does something to you, it's not because you don't have the same things attacking you as other people have attacking you. It's because they don't irritate you the way that they irritate other people. They don't bother you the way that they bother other people. They don't get under your skin the way that they do other people. So you know how some days things just really irritate you more than they do other days? Well, you might check your prayer level. Get up that morning, see how much you prayed or the night before, or how long it's been since you prayed. And if things are beginning to just really, really, everything you do just grates you and the kids are grating you and grandma's grating you and your mother-in-law is grating you and your neighbor's grating you and everything you do just seems to grate you, get back, just say, whoa, 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 I need to back off, back off. Let me just go find some place to pray for at least 10 minutes, man, and it'll help me. Then everything I do, it won't seem like my mother-in-law's grating me quite as bad and that phone's not grating me quite as bad. My wife's not grating me quite as bad. They're still happening, but they're not just... You know what I'm talking about? That makes the difference in our lives from the other people's lives. But if you never pray then the very same things that grate the world are going to grate you. There won't be any difference in you and them. That's what makes us more spiritual than them. That's how we build ourselves up. Listen to Jude 20 in the Amplified. It says, But you, say, but me, beloved, building myself up, founded on my most holy faith, Making progress, I rise like an edifice, higher and higher, praying in the Holy Spirit. And that's exactly what happens to you. You keep rising and rising and rising and rising to where all the things... The pot boils over on the stove and the phone is ringing and the dog is barking and the, somebody's ringing the doorbell and everything, it just seems like, would just really irritate you. But you just got this peace residing on the inside of you. And it's not bothering you today. And you realize, you know what? I spent a few minutes praying this morning. 
and it just calms you. Because there's a greater one that lives inside of you that is the calmer. He is the one that helps you to have that peace inside of you like nothing else can. But if you never, ever spend any time in the spiritual realm, you're going to be just as carnal as the rest of the world is carnal, and you're not going to have any extra power working for you. Does that make sense to you? So sometimes, you know, your boss is just nailing you. I mean, he's just pounding you and he's pounding you. You didn't come in on time. You didn't take your five minutes late from your lunch break. You're, you're this, you're that. And it's just irritating. You know you're about to say something you shouldn't say. Say, excuse me, can I just run to the restroom just for five seconds? Go in and, oh, Father, in Jesus, run, 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 and, and pray. Five minutes, five minutes will even help you. And it'll just calm you. Or say, you know what, I need, I forgot something in my car. Can I just run to my car? And the whole time you're running to your car, you're getting in the spirit. And you're just praying, Father, in Jesus' name, I just ask you to help me pray. And you begin to pray. The whole time you're going there. And you'll find that this peace will just settle on the inside of you. And it'll help you to stop that mouth from saying things it shouldn't say. Things that you'll regret. Maybe you want to choose somebody out. But you just take five whole seconds and say, excuse me, just five seconds. Let me run over here and just do this for five minutes. And you'll find out real quickly, you will not regret so many things that this thing says as you would. And you'll be able to stop yourself from doing and saying things that that temper gets away from you. Because we as a church should be an example. But we're being an example, all right, but the wrong kind of an example. We're doing the exact same things that the world is doing because we're blowing our tops. You know, we're just like Keith used to give the example. You've everybody's seen that old jack-in-the-box thing. You know, you go da donk, 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 and throughout the day you keep getting that. You know, and it keeps winding and no, da donk, da donk, da donk, da donk, da donk, da donk, and you never know when that lid's gonna pop. Da donk, da donk, da donk, da donk, da donk, da donk, and all of a sudden, before you know it, that flesh man goes boing. And you've yelled at somebody, and you've done something you did not want to do. Well, it depends on how bad your day, you know it's going to be. You know if you're going to be dealing with a lot of extra stuff. You know if you're going to have a lot on your plate that day. Well, you need to make sure that you set aside some extra time for doing what? Praying in the Spirit. Because that is the only thing that will build you up. It's the only thing that will make you strong enough to fight off and ward off all the extra things that's going to be coming at you. So what is the first thing that you should do in the morning? Pray in the Spirit. If you drive 15 minutes, turn that radio off. Turn that TV off. You're in the shower. You've got a good, I know, five minutes to pray in the shower. Some of you need to take a little longer when I can tell by looking at you. But um, no, I'm just kidding. You know, um, but pray. I mean, t- when you're in the shower, pray. When, you know, when you're brushing your teeth. I mean, it's the best time in the mornings just to get quiet and pray in the Spirit. Turn off everything and, and uh, get by yourself and just pray. And uh, you'll find out if you do that, you won't chew the boss out. You won't chew the kids out. So many kids today, I mean, like I've told you, I've had the privilege of dealing with them a lot. And the biggest thing that we deal with is mom and dad are just mad all the time. They're just mad. They're just mad all the time. Why are they so mad all the time? Well, they're so mad all the time because they don't have any peace. 
because they're dealing with this and they're dealing with this and they're having to run here and work two jobs and, and they're having to pay these bills and this bill's late and they don't have enough money for this and they don't have enough money for that. And, you know, you can't even hear from God when your life's like that. But if you'll just take the time in the morning and just calm down, then when a situation arises, you've got the peace to stand there real still and go, hmm, not as bad as I thought. This went a lot better than what I thought it would go. And it leads you to take the right step instead of the flesh step that you were going to take. And it saves you from making a lot of wrong choices in your life and a lot of wrong decisions in your life. That's how we start by building up our spirits, is by praying in the Holy Spirit. And we'll do that some maybe today before we go. Turn with me, if you would, to Proverbs 18, verse 14. This is King James. It says, The spirit of a man will sustain his infirmity, but a wounded spirit, who can bear it? So what that's saying is, well, let's just read a couple more of them and you'll see what it's saying. Amplified. It says, The strong spirit of a man sustains him in bodily pain or trouble. But a weak and broken spirit, who can raise up or bear? The NIV, a man's spirit sustains him in sickness, but a crushed spirit, who can bear? And then the Message Bible, I like this one. I like that word. A healthy spirit conquers adversity. Now, now, what would make you have a healthy spirit? Praying, getting it strong. But what can be? What can you do when a spirit is crushed? Now, this talks about. We talked about just a minute how you can build your spirit. Real simple, praying in the Holy Spirit. But do you know there's other ways of getting your spirit built up or other ways of getting your spirit torn down? Do you know fighting and fussing will tear your spirit down as quick as almost anything that you can do? Have you ever just spent extra time with the Lord and prayed and read or or spent time in services or spent time fellowshipping with the Lord and then had a spat with your boss or your kids or your husband or your spouse or, or whoever it is and then you just come out of there and you feel like somebody pulled the plug out of the bathtub? It's just what it feels like. You don't have to raise your hand. I know it's true. Everybody's had that kind of a situation happen because it just totally drains you because that's what it's talking about, a crushed spirit. It's just like it pulls every bit of the energy right out of you, like you have none left. And that's what it's talking about. It's because it's crushed your insides. It's crushed your spirit. There's, There's no energy in there. There's nothing left to give. You've built it up and you're feeling good and you're full of joy. 
But then something's come along and a fight and an argument. And somebody said some ugly things. And it just bruised and crushed and tore it down. And you feel hurt. And you feel depressed. And you feel neglected. And you feel unwanted. Does it feel like you can conquer the world then? These three people say no. Does the rest of you feel like you could conquer the world then? No, you don't. You feel like what you want to do is just go somewhere and just hide from the rest of the world. Pull the covers over your head. They say sticks and stones can break my bones, but words can never hurt me. Is that true? No. It's absolutely not true. The Bible says that uh, a weak and broken spirit, who can even bear it or raise it up? The Lord was dealing with me during the night last night about this very thing. And I thought, Lord, that is so true. And I remembered a situation. And I think you're going to get excited. Are you ready to get excited? How many of you at least know at least 20 people? I could even go 100 people that have any kind of symptom in their body. Every person in here knows sick people. Every person in this room knows somebody that's fighting some kind of symptom of some kind. The world is, I mean, the number one industry in the world today is doctors and pharmacies and drugs. It's the number one. It's growing, I mean, just out of proportion. It's like, I mean, if you have any job in the medical field, it's just like, I mean, you're, you've got it made. And there's nothing wrong with the medical field. It's just that we shouldn't have to deal with it all the time. We should be able to help other people with it. So this morning as I was studying this, I guess it was like 4 o'clock this morning, I was sitting there, I was thinking, and I was reading this, and I was thinking, Lord, what's the deal with that? I mean, because a, a broken spirit and a crushed spirit, who can bear it? But a strong spirit will sustain you. And he said, do you remember what happened with you and your friend, and I started to call her name, but it, it wouldn't matter because everybody knows what happened. A friend of mine was in her late 40s. This has been 15 years ago. And um, she got cancer. And she got at death's door. She took radiation and she took chemo. She lost all of her hair. She lost down to like 80-something pounds. And she was a beautiful woman. And she was just at death's door. And the Lord dealt with me to go there. And I went there. And I spent a month with her. And I mean, I got the word and we read the word. And I talked to her and we prayed. And I talked and we read and we prayed. And I talked and we read and we prayed. And I talked and we read and we prayed for a solid month. Well, when this time was over... This happened to be a pastor's wife. When this time was over, this woman was totally healed, got a clean bill of health. 
went back to teaching at the church. She was a pastor's wife. She was teaching all the time. Went back to teaching her classes. She had two beautiful daughters. I mean, she was doing everything she was doing before. I mean, total clean bill of health. I forgot about her. I got busy doing what I was doing. Just totally forgot about her. Well, why be thinking about her all the time? She's healed. The next thing I know, I'm hearing she's in a coma. She's dying within 24 hours. A different form of cancer had come on her, and she died within 24 hours. Well, I found out, I went there for the funeral, and I found out more about what was going on. At the time, the first time and at the last time, her husband was having an affair. Her spirit got crushed. She, she lost the will to live. But she was close enough to me in that first go-round that we were able to build her up, the word built her up, we encouraged her, she got built up, she was able to overcome it. But with no one around her, what happened? Down the tube. And that's what I want to talk to you about today. That's what I got so excited about. Today's society is so sick. And it's so focused on you're the only one that can do anything about you. And it's just not so. Let's look at some scriptures. Romans 14, 19. King James, let us therefore follow after the things which make for peace and the things wherewith one may edify another. The Amplified says, so let us then definitely aim for and eagerly pursue what makes harmony and for mutual upbuilding, edification, and development of one another can you build someone up enough with the word and encouragement to where they don't want to quit can you tear them down to where they do want to quit can you do either or what are our words doing are we ministering with our words to the people around us? Are we ministering life and edification to them? Are we ministering death to them? What are we doing with our words? Are we building them up and ministering healing to them? Are we tearing them down and destroying them with every word that comes out of our mouth? Are we helping them get healed and ministering to their spirits and giving them, helping them get a strong spirit to where they can sustain their bodies and receive health? Are we tearing them down and telling them, you're no good? You don't deserve healing. What are you, what are you doing? You're dumb. I've seen parents do it with their kids so much. It's just saddening in today's society. They, they just tell them how no good they are, how worthless they are. I mean, husbands have done it to wives. Wives have done it to husbands. And 
we don't have to wonder why there's so much sickness. Because when you go around condemned all the time, it's the perfect opportunity for the devil just to slip right in there and give you something. Because the minute you open your heart up to condemnation, it's like the devil comes right in there and it's like, you deserve sickness. It's the very first thing he does. You did that? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Weakness. Here he comes. Where if somebody's edifying you and building you up and saying, you're you're the righteousness of God in Christ. You're greater in you than he that's in the world. He paid the price for you. You don't have to receive this. By his stripes you were healed. And somebody's telling you that constantly instead of saying, you're, you're horrible, you're no good, you're a lousy wife, you're this, you're that, you big ugly thing. You, what are you going to believe? You might as well take this sickness. You ain't worth anything anyway. What are we doing to each other? Are we ministering sickness to each other? Are we ministering health and healing to each other? Let's read some more. Romans 15, 2. Let every one of us please his neighbor for his good edification. The Amplified says, Let each one of us make it a practice to please, make happy his neighbor for whose good? His good. For his true welfare to edify him to strengthen him, to build him up spiritually. Now that sounds kind of like Jude to me when you're praying in the Spirit. Didn't it say that would build you up spiritually? So if we do this, we can build them up spiritually. You ever felt like you could use a little bit of help? You ever felt like you were standing alone? Well, why does the body of Christ do that to each other? Why can't you have somebody come and pat you on the shoulder and say, Brother, maybe it was a rough day, but you know what? God's on your side. He's for you. He's not against you. It doesn't matter what happened. He's for you. He died for you. It's going to be okay. Going to be okay. No matter what you did, it's going to be okay. Now, does that minister life to somebody and healing? I mean, because he did. He paid the price for you no matter what you did. If you repent, it is gone. I mean, if you want to hold it against them, then God's going to hold it against you. Why would you want to do that? When you minister His love to them and His mercy to them, then what's going to happen to you? Given it shall be given unto you, good measure pressed down. Well, there's somebody's going to come right along, right behind them, and minister it to you. Uh huh. By His stripes you're healed. It's going to be okay. You just told her that. Well, somebody's going to come right along. By His stripes you're healed. We can build each other up with our words constantly instead of tearing each other down with things that we say. Maybe you and your husband or you and your children kind of got off to a rough start this morning. But maybe by the end of the day, you can be saying, you know what, Uh, maybe you didn't do so good on that test today. But you know what? You have the mind of Christ living in you because greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. And you know all things and you can do as good as you need to do on these tests because he will bring all things to your remembrance and he can show you all things to come. Maybe you messed up on that one, but next time it's going to be better. And you can minister that to the person that just messed up so bad. Maybe they did burn the bacon this morning. Maybe they forgot.
forgot something. What you do is you walk away from it and say, you know what? You have the mind of Christ. You'll remember it. It'll come to you. Instead of saying, you're always forgetting it. You're always forgetting stuff. Why would you ever want to confess that over somebody? What you need to be doing is saying something positive over them and helping them to receive the healing that God has already paid the price for for them. He's already ministered to it. There's nobody in this room that's got more edifying than... Is anybody over uh, excess of edification in here? You have too much edifying from someone. Someone has built you up too much. You have an excess of it. There's people around you building you up too much. I don't think so, not in today's society, because it's all gimme, gimme, gimme. We don't have enough of it. There's not enough people walking up to people and saying, you look sharp today. You look really good today. You look pretty. It's, it's all about what's in it for me. And that's not who we're called to be. We, maybe you didn't get enough prayer in that morning. Maybe you didn't get enough going. And maybe you're the one that's piling it on. Maybe you're the employer that's piling it on the, the worker that didn't uh, get enough prayer in that morning. Maybe you're both saved and filled with the Holy Ghost. Cut them a little slack. Say, yeah, you missed it on that dude. But I know you'll get it right next time. Come on. Let's have a cup of tea. Here, I'll buy you a drink. Buy you a cheeseburger. Just tighten it up. Get it right next time, okay? Why heap coals of fire on their head and make them feel worse than they already do? How many of you, how many of you in here don't know when you mess up? You don't know when you really mess something up really bad. You don't know it. You need somebody to tell you. I'll assign somebody to you if you do. I mean, everybody in this room knows when they mess up because you have the Holy Spirit living inside you. You know when you mess up. What you need when you mess up is somebody to come along and say, it's going to be okay. We can get this. Here, here's a scripture that will help us get this. Uh, Dave's mom, I don't know if he told you very much about his mom, but she had a scripture for everything. You'd lose something, she'd say, Jesus came to save, seek and save that which was lost or something. I mean, it was like every scripture. I mean, he has a scripture for everything. Don't go around him or he'll quote you a scripture about it because that's what his mom did. And it's really good because, you know, instead of saying something negative, there was always something positive, you know. And that's what we should do with each other. We should find something positive to say. Here's a few more. Let's read a few more of them. Um, 1 Corinthians 8.1. It says, Now as touching things offered to idols, we know that we have all knowledge. Knowledge puffs up, but charity edifies. The Amplified says, I, now, I know about, about food offered to idols. Of course we know about all the po- possess. We all possess knowledge concerning these matters. Yet, mere knowledge causes people to be puffed up, to bear themselves lofty and be proud. But love, affection and goodwill and benevolence edifies and builds up and encourages one to grow to his full stature. Now, which are you? Are you puffed up with knowledge and you just got to tell everybody, no, we're not supposed to do that. That's not right. How's that helping them? Is that helping them to grow? 
the thing I have found out in pastoring has been the most amazing thing. You can have two people sitting beside each other and everything in their life can look identical. But it is so totally not. You don't know where this person came from and where this person came from. And they can look exactly the same, but you don't know her background and her background. And you could go to answer the exact same answer, and you could be so far off course, you, where this one knew better than to do it, and this one didn't have a clue because of the backgrounds that they came from. So you've got to be very, very careful about how you deal with situations. And so maybe you just need to give this one a great big hug and say, you know what, you'll get it. And this one you might say, you know what, you knew better than to do that. Come on, let's do it again. Don't be so haughty as to think you could never miss it because that's what's going to happen to you if you sow that kind of thing. We are here to help build each other up. Why is it that just a minister is supposed to stand up here and build people up? That's why so many people are sick today is because so many people have gotten torn down by people around them. They have no confidence toward God, themselves, or anybody else. where if the people around them were constantly feeding them the word and building them up, they would be strong enough in their spirit to sustain themselves in bodily pain or injury. We wouldn't have as many sick people as we've got because everybody would be constantly building each other up. When they saw somebody sick, they'd say, you know what? By Jesus' stripes, you were healed. It's going to be okay. I don't know what happened, and I don't know what got you there, and it doesn't matter to me why you got there. Instead of saying, you know why you're sick? Because you told that lie. If you just get down on your knees and repent, God might have a chance to heal you. How is that going to help them? Maybe it is true, but is it told in love? They most likely already know that. They most likely already know what their sins are. But God is a God of love, and he builds people up. And that's our job, is to constantly build people up and make them feel better about themselves and not tear them down. What do you want people to do for you? If you've messed up, what do you want people doing for you? You want them to tell you, okay... If you'll just get that sin out of your life, God might heal your body. Get it out, get it out, get it out. Well, where does it say that in the Bible? doesn't say that, does it? It says, by his stripes, what? You could be healed if you take care of all that mess in your life. You were healed. Didn't say you had to do anything to receive your healing. It's already been bought and paid for. It's a done deal. So you might as well tell them, hey, it's a done deal. Your healing's paid for. Just take it. Take it home with you today, okay? Take it home with you. Doesn't matter what you've done. Doesn't matter. It's been bought and paid for. Look at your neighbor. Look him square in the eye. Find your neighbor. Everybody find somebody. Find somebody. Say you're healed. It's already been bought and paid for. 
it's done. Doesn't matter what you did. It's done. You're a good guy. Or gal. Now that's going to help somebody much more than saying they messed up. Much, much more. Let's read another one real quick. 1 Corinthians 10, 23. All things are lawful for me, but all things are not expedient. All things are lawful for me, but all things edify not. The Amplified says, All things legitimate, permissible, and we are free to do anything we please. But not all things are helpful, expedient, profitable, and wholesome. All things are legitimate, but not all things are constructive to character and edifying to spiritual life. Just because you know something, there's a lot of things I know about people. A lot of times, especially at the other church, I haven't been here as much, I know a lot of things about a lot of people. I never go say, you sorry, sinful, dirty dog, you. Because every person is a sinner saved by grace. Every person. And if you're going to judge them, you better put that mirror right here. Because you're going to have to eat it yourself. It's going to be like a boomerang, and it's going to come back and hit you right in the head. And I ain't near about to start judging nobody. There's too many people in there. What if I judged everybody in this room? Oh, my word. I'd be under that chair. I'd be so in bad shape. Y'all could have a lot of things messed up in your life in this room. Be sad for me to start judging people. It's not my place. I said our church in Branson, and I believe it, it's just our churches in general. It's something that the Lord has, has done. It's my heart. Was the church of the second chance. I think 99.9% of the people that's come there are people that got thrown out of other places because they'd messed up so bad. And God has given every one of them a second chance. And you talk about a second chance. They are, every one of them, doing extraordinary, phenomenally, supernaturally, exceeding abundantly above all you could ever ask or think of them. I believe it. They are. I don't believe in throwaways. I told Dave that, and he's used it ever since. I don't. I don't believe in them. I don't believe that there's any person like that. I believe any person, you can believe in them and they can reach a higher place. And I believe if you believe in people enough, it can change their spirits and their bodies can become whole. You spend some time with them in the Word. You spend some time with them about healing. You spend some time with them believing in themselves. And there will be... It runs out the condemnation in their life and they get stronger. And you see their shoulders go back. You see their faces lift up. You see a different countenance on their face. Now that's what I do. What about you? 
What makes me any different than you? Can you do this very thing? Things that are constructive to their character, to edify their spiritual life? You come in contact with a lot of people on your daily basis. Do you know what Brother Hagin used to say was the dinner bell to getting people to church? Healing. Healing is the dinner bell. And you start telling people, you know what? God will heal you. You ain't never done anything too bad that God wouldn't heal you. He'll heal you. You don't have to tell them to get saved. God will heal you right here and right now. Start building them up and encouraging them. The Bible says, by his stripes you were healed. A lot of people got saved when they were younger anyway. A lot of people know a little bit about the Bible. You start talking to them about healing, they'll start perking up. Their head lifting up. God would do that for me? Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Their lives will be different. Your lives will be different. Your spouse's life will be different. Your kid's life will be different. You start saying good things over the person that you're around and watch their countenance change and watch healing come into their life. You will have, okay, selfish motive. You, You want a selfish motive? You will have money to go buy a new boat. Guys, ladies, you will have money to go buy new jewelry because you won't have to buy medicine and doctor bills. It will happen. If you start building each other up and edifying each other, things will happen in your household that you will just be amazed at happening. I've seen it. Start building instead of tearing down. Can we do it? Yes. Ephesians 4.29. This is the spirit man that we're talking about this morning. Four twenty nine. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. The New Living says, don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those that hear them. If we do this, we will be fulfilling the New Testament command that says, where is it, in Galatians? Bear ye one another's burdens, thus fulfilling the law of Christ. What is the law of Christ? Love one another. And what has happened in our society today is everybody has been so focused on their self. You get sick and you just get focused on yourself. Or you need something and you get focused on yourself. Well, if we'll turn our focus on somebody else and start building them up, we'll start seeing... If you sow, what happens? You reap. You give and it shall be given. And that's what will start happening to everybody around us. We'll start seeing people around us that have been sick for long periods of time getting well. That doctors couldn't even find what was wrong with them. They've had things, there's people in this room right now that's got things wrong with you that you don't even know what it is. 
can't figure it out. You've been to doctors and doctors and doctors, and they can't figure it out. And all you've got to do, spouses, family, whatever, start building each other up. And you'll find out real quickly that thing will just fade away, and you, you won't even remember where it was. What, what, where did it go? It's gone. It won't be there anymore. Because look back at our scripture. It says, Proverbs 18, 14. The spirit of a man will sustain his infirmity. The strong spirit of a man will sustain him in bodily pain or trouble. A man's spirit sustains him in sickness, and a healthy spirit conquers adversity. Another selfish motive. If somebody feels better, they're more fun to be around. Right? So do it for yourself. Build up your spirits. Pray in the Holy Spirit. Build yourself up. You won't have the same reactions that the world have. Then, number two, build others up. Build their spirits up. Make it easier on them to receive the things that they need from God. And you'll see that your lives will be different. Can you do that? Y'all were quiet today, but maybe it helped y'all. I want us to do this before we go today. I want everybody to stand up and put your Bibles away. And I want you to find you a partner. Everybody find you a partner. Prefer a girl to a girl and a guy to a guy or a spouse to a spouse or a mother and child or father and child. Find you a partner. Find you a partner. You can even have three of you in a group if you need to, but find a, find a little groupette. Everybody got somebody? And I want you, I'm not going to tell you what to say. I want you just for one minute, I'm going to time you, to say something nice, practice. Say something nice to that person. Tell them uh, they're healed by Jesus' stripes. Tell them they're a blessing. Tell them they're an encouragement. Tell them that they look good. Tell them that they're healed. Tell them that uh, they have the mind of Christ. Tell them that uh, greater is he that's in them. Tell them that uh, they're a joy to be around. I mean, go. Yeah, did I start timing? Yeah, okay, I started timing. Go. Yes, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, Lord. Now, if you want to, you can change partners if it's easier on you. Find you somebody else if you need to. Find something nice to say. Let's practice this, building each other up. That's 30 seconds.
Thank you, Lord. Forty-five. See, it's harder than you think. Five seconds left. You made it! But do you see why I had you do that? That was just one minute. One minute. And how many of you will be honest and say you actually ran out of things to say? That was one whole minute out of your day. We need to get practiced up on good things to say to other people. We're real practiced up on what we want people to tell us, but it's really difficult to think of good things to say to other people. In the mornings, get, get in the Bible, get to looking at things, you know, to find things, encouraging things. When you walk past someone to say, you look nice today, I like your hair today, that's a nice suit. Uh, your shoes, they're, they're really nice, you know. Uh, I like that outfit. That's a wonderful smile that you have. Your hair looks nice today. Uh, you're a blessing to be around. You're a joy to be around. You're, you're, you have peace all over you. Listen at how you, you smell good, you know. I mean, that, <laughs> do you understand what I'm saying? Think, begin to think of kind things to say to people that are around you. And you'll find out real quickly it's harder than you think because you've been so focused on what do I want people to tell me? What do I want people to tell me? What do I want people to tell me? They haven't said anything nice to me. They haven't said anything. But you've got to sow things if you want to reap them. And we're not going to be a taking bunch of people. We're going to be a giving. A giving. And then we'll have everything we need because it's the givers that always have. They never run short. So we can do this, right? Yes. Okay. Start at home. Start on the job. Start with your kids. Find your kids today. Think of things all day long. Every time you think about it, think of something good to say to them. They, they have not been edified too much. You know, they have not. So uh, we're going to do this. We're going to be practicing. Have anybody ever seen that little movie, Eloise? Yeah, she got practiced up. We're going to get practiced up, okay? And so uh, we can do this with the help and grace of God, and we're going to make our homes better. Our spirits are going to get built up because we're going to be saying good things, and we're going to be becoming good things in Jesus' name.